Chapter Fourteen of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Fourteen. Suwanee. Beyond doubt, the dark form was that of a woman a young one too as evinced by her erect bearing and a light agile movement made at the moment of our first beholding her her attire was odd it consisted of a brownish-coloured tunic apparently of doeskin leather reaching from the neck to the knees underneath which appeared leggings of like material ending in moccasins that covered the feet the arms neck and head were entirely bare and the colour of the skin as seen in the moonlight differed from that of the outer garments only in being a shade or two darker the woman therefore was not white but an indian and was made further manifest by the sparkling of beads and bangles around her neck rings in her ears and metal circlets upon her arms all reflecting the light of the moon in copious coruscations as i brought my horse to a halt i perceived that the figure was advancing towards us and with rapid step my steed set his ears and snorted with affright. The jade of the hunter had already given the example, each no doubt acting under the impulse of the rider. Mine was a feeling of simple astonishment. Such an apparition in that place, and at that hour, was sufficient cause for surprise. But a more definite reason was, my observing that a different emotion had been roused in the breast of the young hunter. His looks betrayed fear, rather than surprise. Fear of what? I asked myself as the figure advanced and still more emphatically as it came near enough to enable me to make out the face as far as the moonlight would permit me to judge there was nothing in that face to fray either man or horse certainly nothing to create an emotion such as was depicted in the countenance of my companion the complexion was brown as already observed but the features if not of the finest type were yet comely enough to attract admiration and they were lit up by a pair of eyes whose liquid lance rivalled the sheen of the golden pendant sparkling on each side of them i should have been truly astonished at the behaviour of my guide but for the natural reflection that there was some cause for it yet unknown to me evidently it was not his first interview with the forest maiden for i could now perceive that the person who approached was not exactly a woman but rather a well-grown girl on the eve of womanhood she was of large stature nevertheless with bold outline of breast and arms that gave token of something more than feminine strength in truth she appeared possessed of a physique sufficiently formidable to inspire a cowardly man with fear had such been her object but i could perceive no signs of menace in her manner neither could cowardice be an attribute of my travelling companion there was an unexplained something therefore to account for his present display of emotion on arriving within six paces of the heads of our horses the indian paused as if hesitating to advance up to this time she had not spoken a word neither had my companion beyond a phrase or two that had involuntarily escaped him on first discovering her presence in the glade shall ye hear on at this time of night i had heard him mutter to himself but nothing more until the girl had stopped as described then in a low voice and with a slightly trembling accent he pronounced interrogatively the words suwanee it was the name of the indian maiden but there was no reply suwanee repeated he in a louder tone is it you the answer was also given interrogatively has the white eagle lost his eyes by gazing too long on the pale-faced fair ones of swampville there is light in the sky 
and the face of suwanee is turned to it let him look on it it is not lovely like that of the half-blood but the white eagle will never see that face again this declaration had a visible effect on the young hunter the shade of sadness deepened upon his features and i could hear a sigh with difficulty suppressed while at the same time he appeared desirous of terminating the interview it's late girl rejoined he after a pause what for are you here suwanee is here for a purpose for hours she has been waiting to see the white eagle the soft hands of the pale-faced maidens have held him long waiting to see me what do you want with me let the white eagle send the stranger aside suwanee must speak to him alone there's no need of that it's a friend that's with me would the white eagle have his secrets known there are some he may not wish even a friend to hear suwanee can tell him one that will crimson his cheeks like the flowers of the red maple i have no secrets girl none as if i'm afraid of being heard by anybody what of the half-blood i don't care to hear of her the white eagle speaks falsely he does care to hear he longs to know what has become of his lost marion suwanee can tell him the last words produced an instantaneous change in the bearing of the young hunter instead of the repelling attitude he had hitherto observed toward the indian girl i saw him bend eagerly forward as if desirous of hearing what she had to say seeing that she had drawn his attention the indian again pointed to me and inquired is the pale-faced stranger to know the love secrets of the white eagle i saw that my companion no longer desired me to be a listener without waiting for his reply i drew my horse's head in the opposite direction and was riding away in the turning i came face to face with him and by the moonlight shining full over his countenance i fancied i could detect some traces of mistrust still lingering upon it my fancy was not at fault for on brushing close past him he leaned over towards me and in an earnest manner muttered please stranger don't go fur there's danger in this girl she's been arter me before i nodded assent to his request and turning back into the little bay that formed the embouchure of the path i pulled up under the shadow of the trees at this point i was not ten paces from the hunter and could see him but a little clump of white magnolias prevented me from seeing the girl at the same time that it hid both myself and the horse from her sight the chirrup of the cicadas alone hindered me from hearing all of what was said but many words reached my ear and with sufficient distinctness to give me a clue to the subject of the promised revelation delicacy would have prompted me to retire a little further off but the singular caution i had received from my companion prevented me from obeying its impulse i could make out that a certain marion was the subject of the conversation and then more distinctively that it was marion holt just as i expected the daughter of my squatter that other and older one of whom mention had been already made this part of the revelation was easily understood since i was already better than half prepared for it equally easy of comprehension was the fact that this marion was the sweetheart of my travelling companion had been i should rather say for from what followed i could gather that she was no longer in the neighbourhood that some months before she had left it or been carried away spirited off in some mysterious manner leaving no traces of the why or whither she had gone nearly all this i had conjectured before since the young hunter had half revealed it to me by his manner if not by words now however a point or two was added to my previous information relating to the fair marion she was married married and to some odd sort of man of whom the indian appeared to be speaking slightingly 
his name i could make out to be stevens or stevens or something of the sort not very intelligible by the indian's mode of pronouncing it and furthermore that he had been a schoolmaster in swampville during the progress of the dialogue i had my eye fixed on the young hunter i could perceive that the announcement of the marriage was quite new to him and its effect was as that of a sudden blow of course equally unknown to him had been the name of the husband though from the exclamatory phrase that followed he had no doubt had his conjectures oh god he exclaimed i thought so very man to a done it lord a mercy on her all this was uttered with a voice hoarse with emotion tell me continued he where are they gone you say you know the shrill screech of a tree cricket breaking forth at that moment hindered me from hearing the reply the more emphatic words only reached me and these appeared to be utah and great salt lake they were enough to fix the whereabouts of marian holt and her husband one question more said the rejected lover hesitatingly as if afraid to ask it can you tell me whether she went willingly or whether there wants some force used by her father or someone else can you tell me that girl i listened eagerly for the response its importance can be easily understood by one who has sued in vain one who has wooed without winning the silence of the cicada favoured me but a long interval passed and there came not a word from the lips of the indian answer me suwanee repeated the young man in a more appealing tone tell me that and i promise will the white eagle promise to forget his lost love will he promise no suwanee i cannot promise that i can never forget her the heart can hate without forgetting hate her hate marian no no not if she be false how do i know that she were false you haven't told me whether she went willingly or against her consent the white eagle shall know then his gentle doe went willingly to the covert of the wolf willingly i repeat suwanee can give proof of her words this was the most terrible stroke of all i could see the hunter shrink in his saddle a death-like pallor overspreading his cheeks while his eyes presented the glassy aspect of despair now continued the indian as if taking advantage of the blow she had struck will the white eagle promise to sigh no more after his false mistress will he promise to love one that can be true there was an earnestness in the tone in which these interrogatories were uttered an appealing earnestness evidently prompted by a burning headlong passion it was now the turn of her who uttered them to wait with anxiety for a response it came at length perhaps to the laceration of that proud heart for it was a negative to its dearest desire no no exclaimed the hunter confusedly impossible either to hate or forget her she may have been false and no doubt are so but it's too late for me i can never love again a half-suppressed scream followed this declaration succeeded by some words that appeared to be uttered in a tone of menace or reproach but the words were in the chickasaw tongue and i could not comprehend their import almost at the same instant i saw the young hunter hurriedly draw back his horse as if to get out of the way i fancied that the crisis had arrived when my presence might be required under this belief i touched my steed with the spur and trotted out into the open ground to my astonishment i perceived that the hunter was alone suwanee had disappeared from the glade 
End of chapter 14